Welcome to Breakfast with the Broker. And now, the moment you all have been waiting for, boys and girls around the world, let's get ready to broker. By way of Boca Raton, Florida, he is the branch manager of Cross Country Mortgage. He graduated from Florida Atlantic University majoring in finance. Go Owls! Hoot hoot! His hometown is Boca Raton, Florida, one of the few and far between. He is a husband, a father, he loves to fish, and many consider him as the best damn mortgage broker they ever met. Stand up and make some noise for Craig Stelzer. <laughs> and now, from Boca Raton, Florida, she is a new agent with Remax Services. It is Marissa Godet. Hello, everybody. Shh. The crowd goes wild. <laughs> well, good morning. Thank you for joining me. I uh, certainly appreciate it and uh, appreciate your time. That's right. Um, Craig, let's talk a little bit about interest rates because uh, that seems to be a topic lately. <laughs> up, down. You know, I, I've never seen so many people monitor the rates going up, down, left, and sideways um, as I have in the last year or year and a half. Everyone's an expert. Yep. Everyone's got an opinion. Besides the insurance companies, you might be the most hated by uh, people in the world. <laughs> the last nine to ten months have been interesting. It's like the spigot just turned off. Well, it was but, you. You decide the rate. So um, sure. one morning you just said, "You know, I need to make more money, so I'm going to put it at seven percent." It's exactly how it works. <laughs> Tell me about rates. I mean, honestly, like you know, we look at the. Um, you know, the news and they, they say, you know, hey, rates are going up or the Fed's going to, um, you know, increase or decrease or stay the same. You know, how does that affect rates, um, you know, either indirectly or directly? Yeah, that's a good question. So the last time I was on this yeah. was when they dropped the Fed rate to zero, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, a few days later, mortgage rates started plummeting. We had no warning, which is different than now. Now it's Everything is based on speculation. People think that they can predict what the Fed's going to do, and that's how the markets move. So, for example, this morning, the core price index, the CPI number, came out, which is a measure of inflation of goods. That number was slower than expected, meaning, theoretically, maybe inflation slowing down. I don't know. Right. Not, like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I buy that uh, gallon of milk. It seems it's to keep crazy. going up, 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 and away. Yeah. <laughs> um, but theoretically, traders are going to expect that maybe the Fed will slow down rates. The Fed is who directly controls interest rates. The Fed decides when they're going to stop raising them or perhaps even drop them. And then typically mortgage rates lag a little behind that. And so... Like when an index like today comes out, that's the first positive news that we've had that maybe the Fed is done raising rates in a really long time. So I would suspect that today we'll have a slight pullback in rates. Consumers will think rates should drop a point or two points. Of course. So my phone will blow up this morning right. with people that want way lower rates. And I'm going to lock in at four point. and a half, obviously. Correct. Or someone that locked at <laughs> six and a half yesterday thinks they can get five now. Right. I heard rates dropped. Right, 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 right. That's generally the disconnect, but it, it takes a little while. So personally, uh, so mortgage rates, 30-year rates are in like the mid-sixes right now. Historically, that's not that bad, just for people our generation and perhaps a little younger. Sure. It's about the highest that we've all seen. Right. But that doesn't mean that they're high. Um, personally, I think that the rates are going to stay at this level for a little while. And by this level, I mean maybe like 
high fives to high sixes. That's the level sure. for a while. Because I don't think the Fed's going to come out and just drop rates anytime soon. I think they may stop raising them or maybe raise them slowly. Um, but they're not going to do an about face because of one inflation reading. I think what's going to happen is if it gets momentum, if like, the, and by the way, the indexes that were announced, it's just word salad. <laughs> The, the 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 measure was just lower than they expected, but it was still high as hell. Right, right, you know right, I mean? right, like, right. So it's it's just kind of they play with the markets, and then the market pulls back a little bit. So you'll see um, stocks rally today, most likely. I think they already are. Mm. You'll see ten-year uh, treasuries pull back. You know, and then hopefully, when the Fed talks tomorrow, they may say that we're going to take a more like measured approach. They hang on to every word that the guy that Powell says. That's um, crazy. You he's know. not on my Christmas card list. <laughs> but, you know, then over time, if, if these measures that come out are a little lower than expectation or in line with a lower expectation, eventually the Fed may stop raising them. Like at the next meeting, they may not raise them. Sure. Or they may say this is the last raise for a while. And then the market is the buy the rumor, sell the fact mm-hmm. adage. You know, that's how it works. Um, by the time the event actually happens, the market's already factored it in. So, and uh, we typically overreact to, to things in, in society as it is and whatever. And uh, speaking of um, overreaction, uh, there's a lot of realtors um, in the state of Florida. It's like 230,000. And Marissa decided that she was the um, had this bright idea that one day she would want to become a realtor. So two days in, here she is. <laughs> hey guys, <laughs> you know you bring a little bit of femininity with the with uh, the uh, guys. So I appreciate it's definitely it. Definitely needed. <laughs> Listen, um, why'd you get? Why'd you think about real estate? Like, what what intrigued you? I've always been really good at sales, and I love communicating with people. I think that the thought of being able to showcase, you know, I've done a lot of sales in the past and I've always been really good at it and I've always been very a very honest person. And people always tell me, well, you can try real estate if you weren't interested in college. And I quickly came to realize that the college life was definitely not for me. And so I definitely wanted to see how I could showcase my capabilities as a real estate agent, knowing that. I'd probably be really good at it with my background in sales. Since I was 14 years old, I've been working in sales. And I've always, it's always brought a smile to my face every time um, I've made somebody happy or done something good for somebody. So I think this would be a really cool opportunity for me. That's awesome. Well, um, you know, because a lot of times people, are, you know, look at the all these shows, right? Million Dollar Listing, Selling Sunset, all these things. Do you watch those? No. All right, good. Because <laughs> that's not real estate. Right. <laughs> you know, um, but, you know, a lot of people, you know, as crazy as this sounds, and, and this is a crazy stat, and I think I told you this before, but, you know, 87% of all realtors don't make it um, after five years. And so, you know, the barrier of entry to real estate is low, but the the barrier of success is even lower, <laughs> So when you're looking at it, it's very, very difficult to um, to continue to, to move on. And I think, you know, um, you know, surrounding yourself with, you know, good people like Craig and uh, and uh, people around our area um, is a good thing. 
What do you think makes a good agent? I always ask people this, but you know, I usually ask people that are in the real estate business, but um, I like to hear when someone comes into the business, um, what do you think makes a good realtor? I think you definitely have to be ambitious. You have to be willing to have a proper schedule every morning and do the things that you say you're going to do. It's important to build relationships whenever you're out with people, always being willing to put yourself out there, um, lend a helping hand when you need to. You kind of have to be selfless in a way because not every time you're going to be able to make a sale or do the things that you want to do or think about the money. You just have to kind of go in it thinking about other people and wanting the best for other people. You know, I just, the other day, um, my friend needed help finding an apartment. And, you know, naturally, I just got my real estate license. So I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get that money. (laughs) (laughs) But not every place pays a realtor commission. So you have to, you know, take a step back and not think about the money and start thinking about other people. So I'm still going to help them find an apartment, even if I don't get the commission. I think putting other people first is really important, too. That's uh, amazing advice. Yeah. Um, because I, w- I wish, Very wise. yeah, I wish most realtors would, uh, take that advice because, yep. uh, too often they're consumed with the small picture versus the big picture. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're going ahead and, you know, um, not doing maybe what's right. I'm not saying all and, uh, and maybe not even most, but not always doing in the best interest of the customer. And, uh, it's so important to never think about the money because, you know, the money will, will come eventually if you do things the right way, just like in any business or industry. You do things the right way, you, you hustle, you're ambitious like you uh, alluded to, you know, you're going to be successful. So that's awesome. Out of goodwill. Yep. Craig, what makes a good real estate agent? <laughs> I, would, I mean, you've been around, yeah, uh, you know, thousands, maybe even tens of thousands the, of realtors, and you get all those phone calls at, you know, 1130 at night, and like, why isn't my, that's, you know, thing that cleared to close? Well, well, why isn't it cleared to close? Well, that's because it's closing in two months. <laughs> so, I mean, my perspective is a little skewed, because I, I think about what makes a good realtor what makes them good to work with as a lender. Sure. But having bought a lot of property through different people and having seen a lot of transactions, especially in the trenches, um, like number one, a realtor has to listen. Too many realtors want to be right more than they want to. And it, it ties to what she was saying, like really listen to what your client wants, listen to what, um, listen to what, what is transpiring in the deal versus just trying to be right and trying to argue a point and win. A lot of times it's, it's, you have to kind of remove yourself um, from, the mon- from the financial part of it and, and advocate for the deal and try to keep things together instead of being just a, a roadblock or just a hammer. Sure. A lot of agents just want to fight, and, and that's not typically the way to do it. I remember my, um, I, I remember my daughter went to kindergarten. And I'll never forget this. It was at Donna um, Klein Jewish Academy. And I walked in, and there was a big banner as he came in. It's not who is right, it's what is right. And, um, you know, that's, a, that's a certainly sound advice. Yeah, um, of course, um, being selfless, goodwill, putting the time in is, is a requirement, and, and having diligent follow-up and having a real 
you know, taking a business-like approach and not treating it like a, like a hobby. The agents that have a plan typically are going to do a lot better than the ones that don't. You know, sure. the ones that goal set and meet with their broker and have a real plan for marketing and for, for their business. Um, you definitely have to be comfortable with rejection and learning something new every no day. Doubt. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and also just, you know, ones who are, uh, like if you're from here, agents that, that have a big circle that are networkers more than, cause you have a lot of people that meet people through social media and different marketing efforts. And then you have a lot of grassroots. So just having your own way of marketing yourself and putting yourself out there, which you alluded to before, um, is a good mark knowing just casting as big a, a, a web as possible uh, or a big as net as possible, whether it's through your farm or your network or people you grew up with, et cetera, um, which applies to my business too. You know, agents, because you are going to get a lot of rejection and a lot of things, more things are going to not work than work. So you need and, to as many at bats as possible. And I think, you know, working with a good team, right? So, you know, you're part of the team, right? Like Craig Stelzer, Cross Country Mortgage, you know, in-house, um, you know, um, um, or, you know, preferred lender or whatever you want to call it, you know, um, you always have to have it, right? You have to have a lender, an inspector, you know, you have yep. go-to people. You want to be the resource and the guide for that real estate um, customer. You're as good as your weakest link. 100%. Yeah. And, and, and you got to constantly push them, you know, um, they got to align with your culture. You're not going to be for everyone. Sure. Uh, I'm not going to be for everyone. You're not going to be for everyone. So you got to find your people, right? You find Makes your sense. people in the in life and in, in real estate as as a team. So, um, yeah, it's good good advice. So let's talk about mortgages. And you know, things have changed, right? Um, you know, there's been a lot. You know, legislation. Uh, well, let's talk about the trigger word, right? Affordable housing, workforce housing, whatever you want to call it, right? So a lot of down payment assistance programs have come out. Um, hometown heroes, which was a, uh, a, you know, really kind of a, a product of Florida realtors getting involved, um, with the realtor party, which is called the realtor political action committee. Uh, by the way, they are bipartisan, 51% endorsed Democrat, 49% Republican. So this has nothing to do with social or, you know, any kind of issues, um, surrounding that controversial, uh, topics, um, you know, the, just to give a kind of a disclaimer, you know, RPAC is basically, you know, it's probably, it's, it's basically advocating for private property owner rights. Um, you know, clean water. I think everyone's for clean water. I think you want to drink clean water. No, yeah. I like dirty water. <laughs> you do like dirty water. <laughs> um, unless you have a dirty martini, I guess. Uh. <laughs> so, I mean, clean water, right? Um, you have uh, uh, affordable housing, like we talked about. Uh, property insurance, uh, if, if you haven't noticed, property insurance is a big issue in the state of Florida. We had Justin Ross on uh, last week, and and, uh, and I'll tell you... Um, did, you did you drink during or after? <laughs> All three. <Yeah. laughs> um, you know, he's just getting, you know, crushed, and, you know, he's like, like, imagine, like, having, like, one source, like, literally, like, you, you know, it's very difficult, right? So, I mean, so all these things, right? Uh, property insurance, condo reform, uh, you know, uh, rent control, you know, affordable housing, private property owner rights, being able to, you know, um, do what you want with your property because you own the property, right? So um, going through with it is, you know, it, you know, it, it's important to be involved and advocate, right? So affordable housing. So it's a product of the Realtor Party or Realtor Political Action Committee. Um, and Hometown Heroes became part of that. 
And tell us a little bit about that program. Yeah, it's a pretty amazing opportunity. So up until now, Hometown Heroes was a down payment assistance program structured as a 30-year fixed second mortgage with no interest. And it was capped at uh, the lesser of 5% of your loan amount or 25 grand. And it was limited to first-time buyers, unless you're a veteran. And there was a list of 50-some-odd employment types that qualified. It was mostly first responders, uh, civil servants, teachers, medical professionals. And um, there was $100 million. I just got the email yesterday. They ran out of money. Yep. Um, and so the revamp of it, and it, it did certainly help people. There was an income cap uh, based on the county AMI, which was around 140. They just raised it to 146 in uh, Palm Beach County. It's a little higher in Dade. 154, maybe uh, somewhere in between in Broward, but in that range, like 140 to 150. And they just changed the program effective July 1, where it's opening up to anyone that works for a Florida employer. And the income caps are still there, and they increase the down payment. Uh, it's still 5% or 35K. So that'll increase the prices that you could qualify for from 5 to 700 ish. Nice. Um, and basically the way it works is like, if you're a first time buyer, conventional mortgage, uh, 3% down is required. So if you're getting, and, and typically closing costs are around three, 4%. So if you're getting this 5%, uh, interest-free second, that can be your down payment and a little more than half of the closing costs. That's and great. so someone just, and if you get someone a seller credit, for example, someone could go into the house with no money. Right. Um, VA, it's a hundred percent financing. So that, uh, down payment assistance will be their closing costs. They don't, veterans don't have to come up with anything. Right. Okay. And then FHA is three and a half down. So same logic. Uh, we're not seeing as many FHA with it. So we did, uh, cross country is one of the leaders in hometown heroes. We're in the top two or three in the whole, in the whole state of, of applying this, but it was very limited. You know, uh, the, the, the people, the, the potential buyer pool, it's going to be yeah, a huge piece of what happened. That money is going to go very fast this round because there's a ton of people on the sideline that need this help. They can't get it. Yeah, and it was it Couldn't was get it. right, and it was specific to you know, um, you know, like you said, alluded to you know specific careers, right? Um, and now it's you know it's, it's more of income specific. So, so yeah. what they learned is in the tri county area with the home prices, not as many people that need the program could take advantage of it because that money wasn't enough you know, for the, to keep up with the, with the home prices, right. With that extra 10 K going up to 35 K and the increase in the income will, will help a lot more people. Cause there's a lot more houses available between say like 450 and 700 than under or 500 and 700 than lower than 500 right. Think about what neighborhoods just pop in your head that open up. So. Yeah. And, and, and that's, you know, kind of part of the, uh, the live local act, which, you know, really, uh, put more money into the hometown heroes program. And then also, um, Ship, right. Um, yeah, the ship and the sale programs, I think it's 250 million, I believe. Uh, I don't have the exact figures, but it's somewhere around there. And, um, you know, so they're, they're doing good things. And, and one of the things was revamping a little bit of hometown heroes, not making employer, spe- you know, uh, career specific, yeah. but uh, income uh, specific. So, um, yeah, love have it. the booming economy locally, they have to have places for people to live. It Absolutely. Absolutely. It just makes sense. So, what other programs? I mean, because like interest rates, right? crazy um you know people still think that they need to you know they want a four percent or four and a half percent or whatever the you know the interest rate is and they you know how 
or how did you combat or how did the market combat um, some of the higher interest rates? Because I remember when, you know, interest rates were 18%, they were doing all kinds of creative things. What creative things have um, you been working with your uh, realtor team members? So there's been, um, since I've been in the industry, there's been these things called 2-1 buy-downs. They've been around for almost 20 years. Uh, because of how quickly the rates increased, the 2-1 buy-down has become a critical tool for what we do. Basically, what a 2-1 buy-down does, the seller can credit, costs about 2.2% of the loan amount for a 2-1 buy-down. So if your rate is 6.5% and you get a credit from the seller for the amount of money it costs to buy to do the 2-1 buy-down, if the rate is 6.5% in year one, the buyer would have 4.5%. In year two, they would have 5.5%. So 2 one, and then back to the six and a half rate for the year three. So if you do that math over, say, two years, they're going to average 5%. If you do it over three years, they're going to average five and a half percent. So the, my, the, the, the rationale is, and why people want to do this, sellers want to do it because it moves inventory now. Right. Buyers want to do it because it gives them last year's interest rates and understanding that by the time rates do come down, they're going to lose, it's going to be back to bidding wars in our area. Right. You know, once, once rates are really in like the low fives, high fours, which I don't know, could be three to five years from now, but it's going to happen eventually rates cycle. Um, the demand for South Florida hasn't waned. Right. What's happened is there's a gridlock, you know, people aren't going to sell when they have tons of equity and a 3% rate on their house. They're going to get taxed or they're going to have to go from three to six so people are fishing for these high numbers on their houses when they do sell, and there's just gridlock. So buyers have to get in somewhere if they want to have a chance in these price points. Yeah, now, it's, a, it's a, a relatively stagnant market. Correct. So like the 2-1 the buy-down has been really useful. We do quite a bit of them. Um, there's variations of it. There's like a 1-1 buy-down, same concept. It just costs a little less. So if the, if the credit is lower, mm. a 1-1 buy-down, you'd go in that same example. Instead of 4.5, 5.5, 5 6.5, you would go. Five and a half year one, five and a half year two, and then back to the start rate. Got it. So there's variations. That's been really helpful. Um, are the, those are fixed or adjustable? Fixed rates, thirty yeah, year fixed 30 rates. Year fixed. We've been doing more adjustable rates, uh, especially on bigger loans mm-hmm. like jumbo borrowers that understand a little more sophisticated, a little more qualified. They'll do something fixed for say seven years with a thirty year term instead of a thirty year fixed. Right. The spread on those could be three quarters in rate. Right. So people understand that and they're willing to take the risk that they'll refi within seven years or pay it off if they're, right. if they're able to. Sure. So we've done more arms as a percentage than we've ever done. Um, we've actually been doing way more what we call non-QM loans. It's not necessarily a combat to the interest rate problem, but a lot of folks that have been entering the market are people that don't qualify for normal mortgages. Mm-hmm. They didn't have a shot before right? because of the timelines associated with their types of financing. So like in 2020, 21, if you didn't have a, you know, a one week commitment and willing to close in two weeks and waive every contingency, you couldn't buy a house. It's crazy. So people that needed say like a, um, a, a loan that didn't use tax returns, but use bank statements mm-hmm. or a foreign national, they had no shot at getting a contract because right. those deals just take longer. So I'm seeing a lot more creative financing opportunities and loans for people that have, that want to get in now aren't as rate sensitive. They're just, they want to buy a house. They know they'll refi. And so we're doing a lot more what we call non-QM mortgages. Uh, one that's really um, 
popular these days is called a DSCR, which stands for debt service coverage. Those are for investors. Uh, we can also use them for foreign nationals. So the appraiser will go out to the house. They'll determine what the home could rent for. As long as that amount exceeds their anticipated housing payment, they're approved. So there's no tax returns. The only documentation is the appraisal, the market rent from the appraisal, and the assets. And so we've had a lot of investors that want to purchase property, um, and those those have been – and you can close what, what, in an LLC. What is normally the down payment requirements? Or 25 We have them with 20. Most people right. do 25 30 Right. To keep the debt service in line. Right. So the higher the debt service, the better the rate. The lower the debt service, the higher the rate. So Got it. Most investors play – they right-size their loans. Right. And not just for the mortgage, not just for qualification, but just for, you know, reality. Right. For more cash flow. So awesome. we've been doing more of those. Uh, also points, you know, points are back. Yeah. People are paying points. What's happened is um, lenders are not, and especially like the secondary folks, mortgages get sold. They get packaged and sold. Mm-hmm. And the folks that set the margins on those coupons. So like when we look at rates, the rate that we offer is the one that has the amount of money in that deal that we, that we need to make. Sure. That's gone. Yeah. So there's like no margin on the back end of loans. What that says and what that tells us is that lenders are not putting as much value on servicing. They don't expect to keep these loans very long. Right. And so when loans pay off early, nobody makes money on the mortgage side. And so the lower rates are easier to get now with points. So they're kind of attracting buyers to, to put money up front to get oh, the lower sense. coupon, right? right? So points are back. It used to be like, you know, when you go buy yeah, a mortgage or you tell your, your, your yeah, child, to go, don't, yeah. don't pay points. That's right, what I always right, hear. Right. But when you actually look at the math, it used to be one point only saved you a quarter rate, in, which, is, which is silly. That's like a five-year right. break even. You could save a half a point, three quarters in, in rate for one point now on certain mortgages. So points are back. And a lot of times those can be paid by the seller also. Mm. So it's not one size fits all, but we look at every option and then I could, today's Tuesday, I can talk, have this conversation. And then by Wednesday, it's a completely, it's <laughs> yeah. Right. So you really have to stay in touch with your mortgage, your mortgage people. And you, you, you'd have to look at it real time to, to know what the best options are, but we're, we're using all these tools these days. Love it. Mm-hmm. Marissa, what's your goal in real estate? Well, after you said how most people aren't always the most successful, I think that drove me a little bit to be one of the most successful because it just proves to myself my capabilities. I honestly want to be able to learn more about, you know, the society that I live in. Even though I I know that being a girl, you know, you don't always know, you kind of leave that stuff up to the guys and, you know, you trust guys with money and I want to be able to be very independent and be able to prove to myself that I am as strong as anybody else out there and that I'm able to do this job regardless of anybody telling me how hard it was. I mean, the first time I took the real estate test, everybody told me that, oh, you're, it's okay. You're probably not going to pass the first time, but you can take it again. But I passed the first time and it just made me realize that you really can't listen to anybody that tells you that you can't do something. So I just want to be able to learn more about the economy and be able to have intelligent conversations when people talk to me about, you know, interest rates. That's something I didn't know a year ago. I was never familiar with any of this. So I want to be able to be more punctual 
and being able to understand when people are talking to me about all this stuff. It's it just sounds like stuff to me right now because I'm not so familiar with <laughs> right. it. Right? No, that's you're not and that's away. awesome. It changes all the time. No, but you're. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy because we're, you, we're I mean, constantly learning. Constantly. Always, like, and there's there's you know all the new agents or you know and new agents to me is defined you know less than two years I guess in the business, um, you know. It's all stuff. Like, I, I, like I still go into communities, and I'm like, wait, I've never been in this community, right? So, like, I mean, I think we're always learning, and as long as you have that learning and growth mindset, I think that's uh, that continues to carry you through to success. What are your friends doing? Are they renting or buying? Like, are they like you know your generation? Because I'm always intrigued by different generations and what their mindsets are. Because uh, a lot of times the mindset of you know like our, our you know my parents' generation, right, the baby boomers or whatever, um, you know they were all into you know um, you know having assets, right, and, and buying real estate and, and whatnot. You know, then we got into my generation and we were just waiting for a mom and dad to uh, give us money. Um, so, uh, and, uh, we, uh, and, and we, you know, we bought, we still had a prideful ownership in, you know, in, in, in purchasing. And then it got into, Hey, you know what? I don't need, you know, I don't know where I'm going to be in, in a few years. So I want a temporary option. I want to be a way, you know, have a way out. Um, but I think that's hurt that generation because, Especially now, I mean, if they would have bought five years ago, look at, uh, you know, much uh, better financial position they would have been in. But, you know, just tell us a little about how, you, you know, even, you know, not from a real estate perspective, but maybe from your friends and, and are they buying and renting or, you know, what's going on with them? So I think a lot of people are just unaware of, right. is, do, should I save? I don't think a lot of people are very well versed in buying and and that if you buy a house, you're going to have an asset. I think in Florida, especially, it's a little bit harder to buy a house. I know I was making my list of contacts with, you know, who I would rely on to, you know, refer me to somebody if they were looking to buy. And I noticed that a lot more of my friends in New Hampshire were buying houses than they are here. Definitely people my age are looking to rent here. I talked to maybe... If I talk to 100 people, 100 of my friends that I know here, I don't think one of them at my age, being 23, 22, that age range are looking to buy at all, not even mentioning it. But I also don't think that they're making enough money to be able to buy in the market right now. Um, and you may, you very well, you know, maybe right. Um, There's a major yeah, disconnect yeah. with what it actually costs to buy a house, what it takes to qualify. Right. We do a ton of education and outreach because there's just such bad information. People just assume they can't do something. A lot of times they can't. A lot of times they can't. But a lot of times they actually can. But yeah, but in having a goal, right? So, like, yeah. you know, speaking to a mortgage professional, speaking to a real estate professional, and guiding you through yeah. that process and saying, hey, if your goal is to purchase something, you might be able to purchase it now, but you may not. You may have to save for a couple of years or whatever, but having a plan is so important to, you know, have an asset. And, and it's really for, you know, hopefully at some point generational wealth, right? I mean, you know, that's, that's really kind of the goal of, of a lot of us is to make sure that we, you know, leave our kids, you know, if we have, if you have kids, uh, you know, leave your kids, you know, a, uh, a good uh, amount of uh, finances when, uh, when we're no longer on this earth. That's morbid. <laughs> I'm old now. You got you to look at 
in order to do that, have those conversations is really important too. They have to, people have to understand why that should be a goal. They have to see rent versus buying, sure. amortization, the tax benefits versus buying based on a very slight appreciation. You can't, you can't shoot for the stars. You had like what's happened over the last few years could easily go the other way, but still I've yet to see, uh, someone who couldn't benefit from buying over renting sure. unless they're just not going to be in a certain area. Cause of, you know, in this area, rental demand could be higher than purchase demand. Sure. So with that asset in bulk, I wish one of my biggest regrets is selling things that I've owned, that I owned 15 you know, well, years ago. Well, the sure. owner of this plaza and investors limited, uh, Jim Batmazian, I mean, his whole philosophy is, yeah. is never sell. So he never sells anything. Ever. Now he owns Boca. And now he literally owns a billion dollars in real estate. So. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just being uneducated. Yeah. That's kind of why I wanted to push myself in this so that I would know a little bit more about what I'm going to do in the next five years. So I always end the breakfast with the broker on two questions, and I'll let both of you uh, chime in here. One is, what's your favorite all-time like streaming series, and what are you currently watching? Go first. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I recently just finished Succession. Yeah. Did not like season four. I liked the first three. Uh, yeah, the, the last episode was a little weird. I watch a lot of uh, like documentaries. I watched yeah. uh, ten, I, I watch a ton of tennis, so I've been glued to the French oh, Open. Cool. Yeah. And there was a series on, um, on Netflix that followed, there's five episodes where they followed five players behind the scenes. Um, which is pretty cool. They did one for golf as well. I watched those. Yeah. I like to see really what goes on. It's all just mindset stuff because when right. I read things and when I watch things, it's even though I'm not working, I'm thinking about work. So it's those awesome. sort of things help. You know, they, they you see the focus, you see what they really go through. Um, I can relate to that. Um, favorite streaming series of all time? Or movie. Man, that's a tough one. I'm going to have to get back to you on I, I, <laughs> I consume a lot of stuff, so right. I don't know. <laughs> all good. I like action. I like, yeah. you know, we, um, I mean, all times. <laughs> what, the Wire, the Sopranos, right. Game of yeah. Thrones, that kind right. of stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's I cool take, stuff. I take all that stuff. Yeah. Marissa? I would say I like documentaries, too. I watch a lot of, I love Ancient Aliens. I know that a lot of the stuff might not be true, <laughs> but it's super fascinating. You said might not be? <laughs> Just <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> and I was watching it the other day. He's like, you know, my dad was like, you know, the, all that stuff's not really true. And I'm like, well, how do you know? <laughs> right. And it's true. It, that's true that it's, you, you just don't know. So, yeah. so uh, what, uh, do you remember the documentary or you don't remember um, which uh, about ancient aliens? Because we've never had this on this show. So I'm, I'm intrigued. It just talks about, you know, if how everything got here, how the pyramids got here. I mean, ev nobody really knows anything, but it's very intriguing to learn or like. That's cool. These, so I, I've always wanted, if I could be anything, I'd probably be a philosopher. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> but, and I would say my favorite movie, I really love Goodwill Hunting. Oh, very good. Classic. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Guys, I can't thank you enough. Uh, Marissa, thank you. And Craig Stelzer, Cross Country Mortgage, I really appreciate you guys coming on. Breakfast with the Broker every Tuesday. <laughs>